Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, coming to you on Sunday afternoon following the Buffalo Bills victory over the Indianapolis Colts, 27-24, to during the Super Wild Card weekend of the NFL playoffs. And originally, I wasn't going to record for you today. There was an opening on the schedule, and, and obviously, like so many of you, have got some, some thoughts on the game. So figured I would uh, I would share those thoughts with each of you today and and spend a little time and and obviously you know I always love to connect with Bills Mafia and just just kind of talk about everything that was going on. So you know you you take a look at this victory twenty seven to twenty four for the Bills. Um, I, I've tried to boil it down to just what I would say like five thoughts because if not it I end up talking about like literally everything with the game and I'm just rambling on and on and. Then by that point, it gets a little disjointed. So I figured this would be a way to um, to try and keep some things in check. So there's really five things that I wrote down, five things that, that first came to mind. Um, one of those things is not the fumble that was not called a fumble that should have been called a fumble. I think everyone has been talking about that, and, and there's plenty of others that have really been kind of digging into that piece. I mean, clearly it was a fumble. I'll just leave it at that, and, and let's try to focus on on some more positive types of, of pieces. So really five things for me. And the first up that I want to talk about, it was actually the final play of the game from Micah Hyde on the Hail Mary attempt that came from Phillip Rivers. Um, there was some question, right? Was Rivers going to be the one to throw it? Was it going to be Jacoby Brissett? Um, it, ended up, it ended up being Rivers. Um, and Micah Hyde came through. I, you know, at first I was like, was it kind of like a volleyball spike? But, you know, he went with two hands. It was almost like, I think, of a, a violent alley-oop dunk in basketball. And, you know, when you saw that ball hanging up there again, you, you think back to games past, right, specifically the Hail Mary play from the Cardinals game, and, and you see Micah Hyde just coming through with authority. And I guess maybe it was like like an alley-oop dunk almost, right? Like going up, I think of like a Shaq in his prime, Daryl Dawkins. You know, you, you just look at some of those pieces and it was just above everyone, two hands and with authority. And, you know, you look at that play and obviously the game should have already been over because of the fumble. But here we are in this situation, right? And it's like not a, not a scenario anymore. Well, they're going to try and get into field goal range or they're going to, you know, maybe have to get in a position where they can clock it. It's like the only thing that they can do is go for the end zone. And you saw, right, just a, I would call it a sense of redemption um, for Hyde, for Jordan Poyer, for Trey White. You know, when when they needed to defend that Hail Mary play, 
they were able to do that. So I know that was the last play of the game. It's interesting to start and as you're going through some of these things and talk about what happened last as the first thing on your list. But let's be honest, right? For so many of us, I don't know about you, but that was the opportunity where I could just exhale and breathe again. And y'all know, right? I've talked to you on the podcast before. You go into these games, you expect the Bills to win now. You're not waiting for that other shoe to drop. But shoot, man, I, I'd be lying to you if there wasn't a part of me after they did not call that a fumble where you're just like, is this how it's going to go down? Is this how the season is going to end? So really just huge props to Micah Hyde for coming through with that. And if the Buffalo Bills ever have a, a slam dunk contest in the offseason, I'm putting my money on him because he came through that like a rim wrecker. Like I said, like Daryl Dawkins or Shaq or just literally attacking that ball in a way that uh, obviously we have not seen earlier in the season and uh, just really kind of the exclamation point, right, in finishing that game. The second thing on my list is the rookie that has really stood out for the Buffalo Bills, and maybe not the rookie you're thinking that I'm going to talk about right now, but it's Tyler Bass, the kicker for Buffalo. Um, Two for two on field goals, three for three on extra points, has not missed a field goal since week nine. Um, you know, and when you're in a situation, right, where you you have a 54-yarder in the elements, in the playoffs, in Orchard Park, I shouldn't say the elements. I mean, it was a cold, you know, little bit of a breeze, but like, I don't want to, I don't want to overstate that, right? But to step up in a situation where your team needs you to make this field goal to make it a two-score game, right? I mean, plain and simple. And just absolutely boomed it, right? 54 yards, no doubt, probably would have been good from 60. And you just look at this young guy, and I think it's so interesting because early on, right, there was the the competition in the offseason. I mean, you think to yourself, okay, the Bills spend a six-round draft pick on him. He's going to make the team. He's going to win the job. But you don't know until you get into some type of camp. What does that look like? You got someone like Steven Hauschka who does not have the big leg, but he certainly has been accurate, right, for what he would bring. But there was just an expectation, right, that Bass would be that guy to win the job for the Bills early in the season. And and I think that's fine, right? I mean, I, I think you look at that. I think that's easy to say from that standpoint, right, like what what that would really mean. So, you know, here he is, you know, he comes in, delivers in such a big way, right? In such a big way, but it wasn't always that way. And I think early in the season, when you talk about him and you see the player that he was, but at the time, right, it was, it was not, it was not such a sure thing for, for him early on. And I think there were many fans that were questioning, you know, should they have kept Hauschka, right? When you're thinking about this, you know, you've got an opportunity to to keep a veteran kicker that can deliver. And, you know, and then what happens? You know, week one against the Jets, two out of four from, you know, field goals made. Kansas City game, he misses one. Week seven against the Jets, I mean, sure, he makes six, but he also missed two. Um, you know, you go through with these pieces and you're just kind of thinking to yourself again, like, did the team make the right decision here? Is he going to be reliable enough? And he certainly was on Saturday, again, hitting that 54-yarder 
uh, to really make it a two-score game. And obviously those three points ended up being the difference in the 27-24 finish. You know, we we take a look at some other pieces, right? When you when you talk about this game, right? So, I mean, we talk about Micah Hyde. We talk about Tyler Bass. For the most part, when I'm trying to focus on the positive, um, you know, one negative, and, 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 and I say this, um, you know, because it's just tough to see when, when Zach Moss goes down with his injury and, and nothing definitive yet at this time. Um, I believe it was Mike Garofalo who reported yesterday on Saturday that it looked like it would be season ending, ending injury for Zach Moss. And, you know, and here's a player, right? I mean, he has had some ups and downs throughout the season, but now you go to this piece and it's just like, man, he has been uh, a reliable back, part of a one-two punch with Devin Singletary. Uh, You know, again, not too effective carrying the ball yesterday, right? Seven carries for 21 yards, but had four catches for 26 yards. And, And again, we've seen him as a reliable back for the Buffalo Bills. But now that he will be out for the rest of the playoffs, the rest of this season, um, it really just comes to, right, that hoping that it's nothing too serious, um, that Zach Moss can make a a speedy enough recovery to continue his career and being a valuable member of the Buffalo Bills. Um, With that said, right now, Devin Singletary will be that primary back. I would imagine TJ Yeldon will be active next week and probably that Antonio Williams who played well against the Miami Dolphins in week 17, will get the call up and be ready to go in the playoffs. Um, The fourth thing on my list, and again, this one does not come as a surprise, and it includes another rookie as well as we talk about here, is the play of the wide receivers. And, And really three guys that would stand out, right? And that third guy, you weren't really expected because uh, John Brown had zero receptions on uh, four targets on Saturday. Not really a great game for him, a noticeable drop um, to to say the least. But really the three guys that stood out, Stefan Diggs, no surprise there, but I mean six receptions, 128 yards and a touchdown. The TD reception, you know, hooking up him and Allen, certainly a thing of beauty. Um, just the rapport that those two guys have, you know, you go through certain pieces and you are just like, who would have thought, right, that those two would continue to be clicking in the way that they have Diggs, the number one in receptions, number one in receiving yards this season, um, and just putting it all on display in the playoffs against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, two other guys for the Bills, um, and they've certainly delivered at points throughout the season, but a, a surprise for two different reasons. One, Cole Beasley, seven uh, seven receptions on seven targets for 57 yards. You know, if you look at the stat line, you're thinking to yourself like, okay, that's really not a big deal. What's what's up there? But when you think of Beasley, right, and probably if it was even questionable if he would be playing, um, you'd see him coming back to the huddle after reception, hobbling. You'd see him hobbling off the field, clearly not at 100%. Not at 100%. And it goes seven for seven. Again, critical yards, only 8.1 yards per reception, right? But from that standpoint, you see him delivering critical third downs throughout the game, um, especially that first possession that the Bills had coming out of halftime. Uh, You know, the Bills, here they are. It's a third down situation. It's, uh, you know, trying to avoid a, a three and out. 
and Beasley has the big reception to extend, get the first down, and uh, keep things moving that led to a field goal for the Bills and, again, kind of keep some of that momentum going. When I look at Beasley and just toughing it out, um, I'll be surprised what things will look like for him this week. I do not expect him to practice very much. He will probably be in the training room almost nonstop. But certainly for him, gutting things out against the Colts and going such a long way. Um, The third part of that trio, Gabriel Davis, four receptions, 85 yards, and and two that you just look at right here are the Bills. They get the stop on fourth down in the end zone. About two minutes left in the first half and the ability to drive down, and he just has these two toe-drag, toe-tapping catches. It, It was, you know, when you look at the evolution of a rookie, and there's certain things with Gabriel Davis, right, throughout the year we've all said, well, Listen, let's not talk about him, you know, being an eventual starter next season or can he replace this or that. Like, let's just ease him along a little bit. But when you saw those two plays that he made on that critical drive that led to the Bills, again, scoring a touchdown um, before the end of the first half, critical, absolutely critical, right, from this standpoint and what he was able to do and, you know, playing just um, like a savvy vet. Right. And I think you see that sometimes with young players, you know, understanding the boundaries, kind of keeping themselves um, in bounds in those types of situations. And for him, both the plays ended up being reviewed. Both the plays ended up holding up. Gabriel Davis, four receptions, 85 yards. Have yourself a day, young fella, and making such a huge difference as the Bills really took the momentum into halftime um, and making a difference for them again, right, as you you talk about just leading into the second half. Um, Finally, and the fifth thing on my list, you know, Josh Allen, 35 attempts, 26 completions, 324 yards, two touchdowns, 11 carries for 54 yards, and a touchdown run. Um, Sure, there was the heart attack fumble that, thank God, for Daryl Williams and him recovering that, which could have been disastrous for the Bills. But really, nothing was working for the Bills on Saturday, right? I mean, the defense, I don't even want to say was bend but don't break. I mean, it was bend with some breaks, some cracks, whatever you want to call it, like a, a bit of a day, right? They they came up with some key plays, but 470-plus yards to the Colts, certainly a day for the defense to forget. On the offensive side of the ball, you know, you talk about – you know, some of the rushing, like just things not going there early on, the Bills trying to establish the rush, talk that maybe the Colts were inviting them to try and run the football. That's certainly not working. And, uh, you know, I'm, I try to not look at my phone during the game, right? In a lot of ways, it's just like stay off Twitter, stay off social media, try and watch the game. Maybe if there's an injury, I'll jump to my phone to try and see something to get an update. And at one point I looked, and I think the Bills had like 19 rushes, and they had 19 pass attempts at that point in the game. And, you know, I remember looking at that, and it was like this 50-50 split, and I'm like, man, that's just got to be flipped. It's just got to be flipped. And, you know, from that point on, the Bills had 16 pass attempts and three rushing attempts. And, you know, I think when you're talking about things and you're trying to put a game away, but also just playing to your strengths, it's a little bit less about what the other defense is doing sometimes and doing what you do best. Um, and the Bills kind of made that shift, right, towards the end of the first half and into the second half of more of trying to do what they do best. And that was Josh Allen putting the team on his back 
and just carrying them to victory. Um, you could tell in the post-game interview yesterday, he was annoyed about the fumble. I think most notably, he was not satisfied with the game. Um, and I'm, and I understand that, right? I think I could probably look at it and say, my gosh, as important as he was to it. Um, yeah, I think we all could have expected um, Josh, Brian Dable, the offense to have all been better than they were yesterday. Um, but here's the thing too. There's another team on the other side of the line that's trying to stop them and a credit to the Indianapolis Colts for what they were doing. And hopefully an extra day of rest will work for the Bills as we wait to find out who their opponent will be in the divisional round. But Josh Allen, again, have yourself another day, right? Again, 324 yards passing, two passing TDs, a rushing touchdown. And now you've got talk, even the report from uh, Ian Rappaport on Saturday, that the Bills are preparing a massive contract extension for Josh Allen. Uh, Of course, I'm not expecting that to happen anytime until once the season is completely over. But I think when you talk about this as Bills fans always looking for that franchise quarterback, um, we've got it. We've got a playoff win. And I think that's important for the Bills too, because you talk about all these things coming together, 13 and three in the regular season and AFC East championship. Um, team hasn't won a playoff game in 25 years. 25 years. I mean, that's like an eternity, right, in in so many ways. Josh Allen wasn't even born when the Bills won their last playoff game. And now here you are. You get that first one out of the way. And I say that, not just get it out of the way, but I think we all know this. Sometimes you got to get that monkey off your back. And once you get that monkey off your back, you can kind of shake it off. You can start moving forward, get ready for the divisional round, hopefully get another win next weekend. So listen, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, We'll be sprinkling in with you throughout the week as there's updates and everything coming through. But I always appreciate you listening to Buffalo Rumblings podcast, checking out everything at buffalorumblings.com, and always listening to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings with yours truly. So enjoy the rest of your week. Looking forward to the divisional round. And as always, go Bills.